0: Hello, my fellow wrenches and wrench turner leaders. Welcome to the Wrench Turners Podcast, 10 mil mastery edition. The show that's about discussing the topics that are relevant to us, today's technicians. I'm your host, Mr. Joshua Taylor, founder and CEO of WrenchTurners.online, a business providing content, training, and digital products for service leaders and mechanics everywhere. In this series, we get perspectives from Marshall Sheldon, Russell Wickham, and Richard Mueller. Today, we talk about getting additional or actual time when needed with support from leadership. Let's get into it.
1: In the dealership world, we have uh, jobs that often take longer than the warranty will pay. Um, Do you all have a, you know, do you have a leadership that's willing to to work to get you paid? do you you know? Do they do what it takes? Do they get you the OLH you need to, when you like go into transmission? Do they um, do they risk the audience to make sure their team is taken care of? Um, if if you're not in the dealership, that might not make a lot of sense, but for for somebody in the dealership, it's, it's pretty disconcerting to end up finding out that your warranty clerk is not willing to fight for you and your service manager won't sign off on OLH and um, you're doing a lot of work for free. So the question I have for y'all is, um, do you have a team that supports you and is willing to fight to get you taken care of? And what does that look like?
0: Awesome, that's a good question. Russell, answer your your own question. Does your team support you and and go to bat for you?
1: At this dealership, yes. I have a former technician for my warranty clerk, so he knows what it's like to work out here in the field. And I have Mm -hmm. zero worries about getting paid. This is the first dealership I've ever worked at where I did not have to religiously track my hours, make sure that everything was in ship shape, and go fight to get paid. Um, mo- all previous dealerships I've had to fight. Some one dealership I worked at, they wouldn't even pay for the diagnostic. Count. So, mm.
0: Marshall, I, I know you're you're not um, you're not flat rate, and you're out in the field, uh, but you're working on branded stuff out in the field, and you'll deal with warranty claims every now and again and i know you are a big proponent of hitting your marks every week even though you are straight time you're you like hitting those big production numbers when you are dealing with something something that's warranty do you have to fight do you and your service manager have to fight to get paid that warranty time
2: well you know i feel like that's just like the name of the game right um warranty pays what it pays and um a lot of your documentation is What's going to help you get paid? Um, But you're right, uh, I am hourly, so I get paid the same regardless. Um, But like you said, um, I have a flat rate mindset most of the time, so uh, a lot of the warranty work I do, I do my own claims, my own warranty claims, so um, I don't have to worry about. Um, a warranty analyst not understanding what I'm doing and how I'm doing it they, uh, I understand everything that I need to understand because I'm the one doing the claim so if there's something <laughs> extra that has to be done you know, say I, uh, you know, big trucks we have to take fenders off the sides for access or have to take the air filter housing off for access you have to do something crazy for access um, I'm able to go in and manually bill that time um, and, and, f- and fill all that warranty uh, claim out myself and, uh, and make sure I'm getting my time covered. And uh, for me, that's half of the time, that's, that's half of the game to make sure I'm getting paid on warranty claims the way I'm supposed to get paid. Because I, I do, I am um, looked at based off of my efficiency numbers. So when I'm asking for a raise or, or, you know, any kind of promotion type stuff or anything like that, I am rated off of my efficiency numbers. And uh, those are heavily affected by warranty because those are the ones that really usually hurt. Just like you guys, uh, customer pay is customer pay. It's, you know, you can bury yourself in a customer pay job, but um, since I do my own quotes for my customers, I know what I quoted the customer. And uh, so it's a lot easier for me to hit a customer pay mark. Um, versus warranty where um i have to f- I have to do that whole claim out and make sure i get covered
0: okay do you when have you experienced any chargeback or auditing or anything like that yourself considering you're doing all the warranty processing yourself and you do yeah. have a service manager how does that how does that conversation go
2: so i have been um at a shop that was uh, audited by cummings um mm-hmm. and so and they uh they're uh, very particular in how they um, they do the audit. So they're coming in and they're saying, "Where's this part that you were supposed to save from a warranty claim?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to produce that part, otherwise you don't get paid on that claim. They'll they cut it out right then. Um, and so uh, and then they have like a pass or fail uh, scenario where if you they can't find produce three parts or whatever it is, then you just automatically fail. Um, so you, you know, you have to kind of know how all that works. That was the first time I had ever been through uh, any type of warranty audit, and uh, that was pretty eye-opening for me because I learned a lot of things that uh, I may not have been doing in order to be to be sure that we are getting uh, we're getting paid correctly. Um, you know, they would uh, audit technicians' stories and their warranty claims, and then compare it to the work order story which is mm-hmm. separate. You know, the warranty claim story narrative and the, and the work order narrative um, may have not matched up correctly. Whereas like the warranty claim said that I, uh, this is for example, said that I test drove the unit and I washed the engine, which I claimed time on my warranty narrative, but my work order narrative didn't say that I test drove the truck and that I washed the engine when I was done. Those are two things that I get paid a, a 0.5 on that I claimed in my narrative to get paid. But my our, my work order didn't say that. So that's a conflict. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, so this is where your support team would be trying to go to bat with you saying, you know, you have a little different iteration when you're out in the field because you've got a warranty. You've got a work order copy that you're working from. And then when it gets processed, it goes on a separate form. If you're in an ERO situation in a dealership, in automotive, we don't have the same thing. It'll have different iterations and you can print each iteration of the story when it's all yeah. compiled in one story so they can just look you know, backtracking through and and it, I've worked for a couple several different manufacturers and the DMS itself is the same. You're talking about CDK and Reynolds and Reynolds. You can go see each iteration of the story. And that's a great way to timestamp. Because every time you enter information yeah. it's like a timestamp. You can say, Do you know I spent an hour on diagnosis of this and if you started the punch at 9 07 a.m. and you go in at 9 15 a.m. and say, I just did this, this, and this, and this, and it took me an hour. Well, it took you eight minutes. So right. that's a immediate red flag. So that's where your support team is just like, well, maybe you put in the story early and you've still done all of these things, especially if you've got all this information in front of you. If your paragraph's this long you know who knows but that's where your support team really comes into play and having them step up the plate richard yeah. what's your in your last couple let's say as a foreman you've had probably had to deal with at least an audit at the store that you're at what was your last experience with audit warranty and your support team for you working and for the team around you
3: i've never gone through an audit so oh lucky we, bastard lucky bastard yeah, we've, been, we've been close Several times, um, but uh, never like an official sit-down audit. Uh, when I worked for Ford, we had Ford come in and do a partial audit, and that ended up being a twenty-seven thousand dollars chargeback to the dealership for just on the diesel side. Nothing, nothing for anything I had touched at the time or anything like that. I had a diesel tech at the time who. Half fast as diag, and we just bomb parts and stuff until it's fixed. His story wouldn't correlate to it. Um, I wasn't foreman at the time at that shop, thank God, because I wasn't signing off on any of that. Um, but so Ford does a thing they call they call their off labor off labor hours uh, end time or manual time. So Ford does it where. You punch onto a job for point 0.3. Ford's Ford theory is that gives you enough time to locate the vehicle, pull it into your bay, hook the scan tool up, scan it for codes. Mm-hmm. Punch off that 0.3 punch then, and then you're supposed to go into a manual punch time to, for up to one hour to perform the diagnosis that you need to perform. That then gives you time to you know pull a manifold if you need to we'll start pulling the manifold if you need to get to injectors underneath the bed to start doing compression tests, but there's, or breaks it all down, right? So there's your point three, and then you can go into a manual punch time to do your pinpoint test, or pinpoint tests are pretty guided. So you mm-hmm. have to list all your steps, like perform, pinpoint test, DH, and then DH1, is the code present? Yes, code, whatever is present, DH2, and then you go go through this whole step process. And at the end, if you've done your steps properly, at the end you end up with a result you're either going to repair wiring replace a component or replace a module right now on the on nissan nissan was a whole different monster Um, nissan you could actually go into their um, warranty labor times and you would look up by the code that would generate right so you if you had a p0101 code And then that would give you your labor time for how much time Nissan would pay to go in and do the repairs for that. Um, Some some codes were ridiculous, like a a P0300 would pay, the diagnostic time would pay up to, I think it was like 5.6 hours. And that included time to do a compression test, time to do a leak down test, time to do a wet compression test, time to do injector flow, injector balance flow. It included everything that Nissan could think of but then for 0.4 no for 5 you get it was 5.6 hours for Nissan right for a, for okay, a,
0: okay 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 yeah. I, I was just I thought I heard 0.4 for all of that no. testing I'm, I'm no, I'm, no. Least, okay Nissan
3: was that way. so for like a P0300 code you get a maximum amount of time but then if you had to go inside the cab of the vehicle and be like yeah the customer says my radio doesn't work you get zero nothing for diagnosis time so you'd have to go and talk to your service manager and they'd be like eh, it is what it is you'll break out even on the end so my support through at nissan wasn't great but now now that i'm at back to gm uh being shop foreman it's me and my service manager are the only two people that are allowed to authorize olh time and we're the only two that are allowed to post-authorize the technician getting paid so my techs have to come and ask for to be clocked onto the job for OLH and I have to read their story. And half the time I turn to them and I'm like, there's nothing in here that supports that you need off labor hours. You need to support, your story needs to support why I'm giving you a manual punch. So write your story and I'll authorize it no problem. But then some of the guys who got into the habit, they, you know, I'll authorize, you're, you're allowed to authorize up to one hour blocks if i go in and look and say for an alignment an alignment pays if they're if they're doing ball joints uh, i have one today so lower ball joints pay 2.5 hours so you get 2.5 hours for that and then you have to punch off and go into an off flavor or an olh punch for 0.7 to do the alignment you're not going to get the full hour but you can get up to the 0.7 my guys are now getting into the habit of actually watching their time for the stuff that i authorize a bolt can be up to 0.5 for, extract, 0.5 for extraction, alignments are up to 0.7, uh, and then we go from there, right? Um, transmissions are the big thing because GM times are horrible on transmissions. So there's a lot of OLH accounting yeah. for there. You're doing for clutch pack measurements. Uh, you're allotted two hours for cleaning. You're allotted, you can do an OLH for reassembling the core to go back in the black box and you're replacing the units you can claim up to half of tear down half of removal and replace time to rebuild the core to shove it back into the the box shipway so we you know if my technicians write it in the story and they write it properly I have no problem authorizing the the OLH that they need to get the job done and uh, but it's just proper documentation at the end of the day it's proper documentation gm is specific you got to have your si document id you're doing wiring repairs you got to have your grid location your connector your pin you have to be more specific at the end of the day it comes down to if an auditor needs to read the paper and they get bored reading it and they just want to go on to the next one technicians done their job.
0: Yeah, that's a great <laughs> analogy <laughs> i i know anybody that's listening right now can't see it but the smile on russell's face right now is from ear to fucking ear beautiful exactly we want to bore the auditors to death because if we can do overwhelm them with data relevant actual contextual real life i did it data they're gonna go fucking just pay it for fuck's sakes so that is for in terms of support team you didn't have it in the past i'm just gonna say that there's lots of folks that are gonna listen to this didn't have it in the past or don't currently have it but good leaders will hold you accountable for you doing your fucking job but if you are doing your job and you are documenting they are going to go to bat for you that's that and, and realistically speaking my history in dodge and my history in mitsu is the same thing now mitsu is a little different they don't pay anywhere near what anybody else does for almost anything but dodge if you did your job you punched your times you gave the appropriate amount of documentation for each individual step the service manager my service manager at least one of the last two that i had at dodge they went to bat and including when i came off the bench when i was right in service I had two service managers at that particular store. One didn't want to go to bat because he was lazy, but I had two service managers that would not only go to bat, but they would literally pick up the phone. And if a chargeback occurred and he didn't agree with it, he'd pick up the phone and he'd call head office and be like, I've been doing this for a long time. This ain't right. And he'd be pressing the hard button as much as he possibly could because he'd be going to bat. So I think in terms of answering your question, Russell, if you've got a good leader, and you've got a good support team, they're gonna try and get every ounce of that OLH as possible. So if you happen to be listening out here and you're not getting that bat swung for you, we need to perhaps look at why that bat's not being swung. Maybe it's you. Maybe you are the one that's not given the documentation like Richard said. Maybe you're the one that's trying to make documentation that's not appropriate like uh, like Marshall was saying. Maybe you're writing something down on the work order and something different on a different coffee. Or it could be you are doing the job properly. You are making your documentation and leadership's not following through. So you had something to add, Richard?
3: Yeah, I can actually give you the perfect example. It happened today to me of all the people that it happened to. I came into work today and my service manager always has. He's got my own file holder now for all the crap that I need to chase throughout the day. And he goes, you just cost the dealership $1,500. I'm like, what the hell what? are you talking about? Yeah, and I'm like... And of course my fixed-offs manager is in there and he got all perked up and was like, what do you mean you got the dealership? And, he, and it, was, uh, it was a GMPP, it was, so it was GM's extended warranty program. It was a GMPP claim for injectors on a 6-6 on a diesel. And uh, I'm like, did you read my story? And he's like, no. The warranty clerk said that you use the wrong labor rock code and it's not covered under GMPP. And I'm like, read my story. And so he starts reading it and he's like, okay, you can get out of my office now, you fuckhead. <laughs> because I had called, I did my due diligence, I called GMPP, I got the labor op code, I, it was all the correct labor op code written there. And it even said, warranty clerk to H route warranty claim using this warranty code to get paid via GMPP. And he was like, oh, okay, well, you didn't cost us anything. And then he called my warranty clerk and gave her shit because she didn't catch it. And she had been doing, she's done this job for 27 years now. So it was really rare for her to, her to not catch it. So do your due diligence. You'll get paid.
0: Awesome. And that is the end of today's episode, my fellow wrenches. Thank you, gentlemen. It was an honor. I can't wait to share the rest next week. Subscribe to the Rencherners Podcast and your streaming service of choice to make sure you don't miss the next episode when it drops. A little paperwork to keep you folks on top of what's to come. And Mill Masteries continue to go out on Tuesdays. The main Renters Podcast continues to go out on Wednesdays. And Mechanic Minutes goes out on Thursdays. And if you hadn't caught it yet, Coach's Corner goes out Saturdays, the first of which went out a couple of days ago. Make sure you are subscribed to listen and get all the little tidbits from these gentlemen and your coaching sessions. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, always clean your toys. Before you-